The Clomel Podcast, bite-sized, with Mark Whelan. I'm here at Slevenamon Golf Course at Clonacudilis Rona, just outside Clonmel, and I'm speaking to Mary Hand. Mary, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Tell me about the Mythical Legends Adventure Golf. We've just done the tour outside. You've walked me through it. It looks amazing. Tell us about it. Okay, so we've decided that we're going to open up a new adventure golf facility. It's a 12-hole course, and what we've done is we've related it to the local folklore and local legends so that each hole on the golf course has a particular theme that will introduce you to the historical or mythical story behind it. And as you go around, you'll be learning as you're playing and having fun and becoming more Irish in and of yourself as you go along. How did you come up with the idea to have the golf course here at Stevenmont? Okay, so what happened was during lockdown, Mm. we had time to think about how we could open up the golf course to more more of the community so obviously golf courses of themselves are only attractive to golfers and not everyone is involved in it and there was a lot of talk at the time about how going forward it was going to be safer for people to enjoy their leisure time outdoors rather than indoors and we had some extra land at the side of the course that we weren't using so we came up with this idea that Uh, something that would appeal to every uh, generation of family would be an adventure golf course. So I own Sleeve Them On with Brian Powell, who's been a a business partner and a family friend for decades at this stage. And both our families would have gone on holidays over the years. And when we went on holidays with our respective families, we always searched out the nearest adventure golf course because it was a fun activity. Mm, they are, and, aren't they? Uh, oh, absolutely mm, fantastic. Mm. And you don't have to be sporty. No. And we've tried and the one in Tremor over the years. I'm absolutely. sure we all have. Yes, no, 100%. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's a thing where you can have fun. Yeah. You don't have to be proficient in sports. I'm certainly not. So it was the one semi-sporting activity I was ever able to play with my family. Did you beat Brian? I did not. <laughs> Brian is an excellent golfer on the main course and on the adventure course, so I'm afraid I have not yet managed to beat him, but I'm hoping with a bit of practice I might beat him at least once on this new course. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's where the idea of it came from. And then the, the concept behind it came from the fact that on Sleeping on golf course itself, we have a three-ring fairy fort. That's amazing, so, isn't it? So, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. So it's, a, it's the subject of a preservation order, but it's one of these places where nobody wants to go in. Like, golfers lose, lose their golf balls in it and Leave just it abandon mm. because you mm. don't want to mess around with the fairies. No. So, uh, so obviously, that was one. It's a huge feature for, for me personally because I love that. I, that was a thing that we, did, we were very much immersed in as children. My father was very engaged with all the old folklore. Mm. And then we're obviously at the, the foot of Slevenamon Mountain. Beautiful. And that in and of itself is, the, that Slevenamon Mountain was regarded as the, the home of the gods in um, mythological times. So uh, between the two of those, we thought we'd come up with a kind of theme that would link the two aspects of that. And then when we investigated it, we found all these links between Fionn McCool and the fairies or the two of the Danon that used to live in the fairy forts. So we decided to use all of those legends and link them all into our new um, golf course. So uh, we, we researched, we looked for different companies that would be able to meet the requirements for building something that we, we thought would be a good idea. Um, we really wanted it to be 
a high-end product. We didn't want it to be just something that you'd come in and muck around with. We wanted it to be something substantial. So as we were researching, we discovered that was actually quite expensive to do. So we searched for funding then, and we've been very fortunate. We've got funding from the leader group. So we absolutely couldn't have started this initiative at all without that funding. So we're really, really grateful to them. Um, so after we had that, we went out to tender and there's a company called Greenspan in the UK that has huge experience. It's building these things all over the world. So they do a lot of them out in America. And if anyone has been on holidays in the States, they'll know that these adventure golf courses are huge. They're massive, aren't they? Absolutely yeah, they are. massive. Yeah. They're doing one in Cyprus at the moment uh, on the, uh, the lands of a casino. And it's just unbelievable. It's absolutely extraordinary. So they have massive experience in it. So we, they, they put in a tender, which was absolutely blew everything else out of the water. They're just so, so good. And uh, we spoke to them about the theme that we wanted. And we still can't find out who their designer is, but their designer totally, totally got the idea and came up with various concepts for the different holes. Yeah, tell us about some of those. So, so we've started off uh, at pre, prehistoric eras. We started off with our first hole is uh, dedicated to old standing stones. So these things are still scattered all over Ireland. They date back to about 3000 years BC. Um, our archeologists have said they could have been variously used as burial markers, as um, iconography for religion. Uh, most farmers now would use them as scratching posts for their cattle. <laughs> but uh, we said that that was a great place to start. And then we discovered that half a mile up the road from the golf club, there is actually a standing stone that is located in Giant's Grave. So anyone living here will know where Giant's Grave mm. is. They won't necessarily know where the standing stone is because it's in unmarked behind various briars and ditches. But the actual location of it in the old Ordnance Survey maps was, was identified as the Giant's Grave. So people in the area believe that a giant mm. actually is buried under there. Mm. There are various theories as to what might have happened. Someone thinks he might have been killed in battle with Fionn McCool. Nobody knows exactly, but it's still there. So there are about 80 standing stones in Ireland, or in Tipperary alone. Wow. Uh, they'd be found all over the place, and a lot of times people don't even know what they are. But if you search closely, you'll find some Ohm writing, a Rome script on the back of them. And a lot of them then were subsequently converted when Christianity came to Ireland, and you have Celtic crosses mm. on the front of them. In fact, I think they might have located a new standing stone in uh, Clare recently. There was a lot of excitement about it because some, some stone got uncovered and they've now discovered all this old own script. So it's, it's very, very, it? very exciting. Yeah. So, so that's our first toll. And when you get to the first toll, there'll be a little storyboard to give you the basic information about it. And then we'll have a little QR code at the end of that that you can scan with your phone. And that will link you into... Um, a website that will give you further information if you want to learn That's more about it. That's a great idea. So it's interactive so in that respect. Very interactive, mm. yes. Yeah. So, and fun to learn about your own um, past and legends. So, and that's just the first hole. <laughs> so when you go on to the second hole, then we have a replica of a, a three-ring fairy fort, which is actually like the fairy fort we it's have. Lovely. So, yeah, well, Mark, nice. Mark's already been, so he's all very excited, very supportive. <laughs> but, uh, so, we've given you on the storyboard, we give you the story of, of who lived in the fairy forts. So, the legend has it that the fairy forts were inhabited by the two of the Dallin, who were also known as the Druids or fairies. And they used to rule Ireland. They were a band of demigods and they had magical powers. 
and then they were defeated by the Milesians in about a thousand years BC and the treaty between the two of them required that the two of the Danon went underground and so the fairy forts were the entrances to their underground chambers and the legend is that those fairy forts that are dotted all around the country and particularly ones in Tipperary are linked to mountaintops which are meant to be the, the home of the gods mm. and in Tipperary Slievenamon was the home of the gods and Brilliant. there are burial cairns up at the top of Slievenamon and it's believed that they directly link to the, the tunnels from the underworld that are located at the bottom of the fairy forts. I love that. So and of course there are oh. all these stories around uh, and uh, still known and talked about today about how the fairies would have changed people into animals or they were reputed to have taken newborn babies away and replaced them with sickly children. So people still talk about these things and obviously there, there are other stories about mm. um, horrible acts that mm. would have Bridget happened. Bridget Cleary so, comes to Well, absolutely. Mind, yeah. So I mean, I think sometimes people are still reluctant to even talk about mm. what happened to Bridget mm. Cleary, which was such a sad story. So, um, but that's, so we, we like to kind of have a more benign attitude to the fairy forts in Slievenamon. So uh, you learn a little about them and um, learn to play around and not mess with the fairy forts. No. And not touch hawthorn trees no. or anything that grow on them. In fact, we can't get our greenkeepers to cut back the briars on our mm. own fairy fort in the club really? because they just don't want to mess oh, around wow. with it. So, so that's our fairy fort. And then we gradually move on to the story of Fionn McCool because he is very integral to the history of Tipperary. So Fionn McCool was a famous warrior that lived in the third century AD. And he uh, had a troop of uh, warriors called the Fina. And so a lot of the legends around Fionn McCool mirrored the story of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. They were regarded as very um, worthy and brave and heroic warriors. And uh, so one of the holes we have is telling the story of how Fionn McCool got his famous knowledge from eating the salmon of knowledge. And so we have a beautiful sculpture of a salmon on the course. Huge. Huge sculpture, mm. yes, absolutely. And I think every, everyone in Ireland probably still knows the story of the salmon of knowledge. And actually, uh, I believe that in um, Belfast, there about 10 years ago, the Lagan River had run out of fish and they repopulated it and to celebrate it they had um, a sculptor create or recreate this huge fish which is based on the salmon of knowledge so it's just interesting to see that Very even now yeah. it's still regarded yeah. as part of the, the the culture of the country so now a lot of our our holes then trace the the history of Fionn McCool so we have another hole that tells the story about how he met his first wife Sive and that we have a beautiful uh, wicker work deer to depict Sive. And uh, the story of that is how Fiona and Navina were out one day hunting and they came across this beautiful deer. And before they were able to kill the deer, Fionn's two dogs rescued it because the story was Fionn's dogs had been enchanted by the fairies and turned into dogs. So they recognised the deer was actually a human. And when he brought her back to his house, she turned back into this beautiful woman, absolutely gorgeous woman. And it turned out that she had been put under a spell by this nasty fairy who wanted oh. to marry her and she wouldn't, she wouldn't agree. So Fionn and Sive got married and they had, or she got pregnant, but then before she had the baby, Fionn was away one day and that nasty druid came back and turned her back into a deer. So she went missing and he hunted for seven years for her and he never found her. 
but one day his, his troops, the Fianna, were out hunting and they found a, a wild boy and they brought him back and Fionn recognised him as his son. No and way! Oshin, oh, well, which means little deer. That's lovely. So that's the story of Oshin and Oshin subsequently ran off with a fairy to Tirnanog and that's another, oh, we haven't traced that but that's the yeah. story of Oshin. So we'll have a little link on the, fairy, on the storyboard to tell you all about that as well. So um, I don't know if you want me to go into detail about each of the holes, but we kind of trace through about how Giant's Causeway was created. And that's another Fionn McCool story. So that story concerns how Fionn had a falling out with a Scottish giant called Benendonor. And he was furious about this. So he decided to go over to Scotland to beat him, to, do, to fight him. So to get across, he had to throw these giant stones into the sea to create a causeway. So he marched across and asked where Ben and Donner was. And someone pointed him out and Fionn realised he was a little taller than he'd expected. So he thought he might think <laughs> twice about fighting him. So he ran back home and told Sive he was in a bit of trouble. And so she said, well, why don't I dress you up as a baby and put you in the cot and when he comes over looking for you, I'll say, you're out, but this is our child. So that's what they did. And when Ben and Donner came back over from Scotland, he marched up to the house and saw this baby and said, if that's the size of their child, I can't imagine what the dad is like. <laughs> so he tore back to Scotland and he ripped up as much of the causeway as he could after him. So that's how the causeway is created and how a lot is still missing. <laughs> so, but anyway, we trace through different stories. We go on then to how the Rock of Cashel was created. And that obviously was created when St. Patrick came over to Ireland to convert us to Christianity. And as part of his, his mission, he decided to chase the devil out of Ireland. So there was this massive chase and he was tearing after him and he grabbed hold of him. And to escape from him, the devil took a chunk out of the top of Devil's Spit Mountain and got through the gap, but broke his tooth in the process. So he spat out the bit of the mountain and it landed in Cashel. And that's what the rock of Cashel was built on afterwards. Love that story. And people say, mm. if you actually match, you can match up the hole at the top of Devil's Spit Mountain with the rock that the Rock of Cashel is built on and they match exactly. So it's Ooh. definitely a true story. Yeah, it's a good one. Definitely. So... Uh, you have local, uh, I know you have the, is it Sir Thomas's Bridge on the oh, course Oh, we have, yes. Yeah. Well. So one of the, the um, holes is devoted to the, the River Shore and the bridges over the River Shore. So they've created, the designers have created a replica of St. Thomas's Bridge. But we have a little story around that as well. Um, so one of the one one of our big feature holes is the Sleevenamon Mountain because obviously that's mm. hugely relevant to us. So uh, the story of how Sleevenamon got its name is that after poor Fionn lost Sive, he was under a lot of pressure to get married again, and all the women in the country were mad to marry him, and he was afraid of insulting anybody. So he decided he came up with this plan that he'd have a race to the top of Sleevenamon. And any woman, the woman who won the race was going to be his bride. But in the meantime, he'd fallen in love with this girl called Gronia. She was the, the daughter of King Cormac. And he told Gronia a shortcut up to the top of the mountain. So she took the shortcut and headed up, won the race. And then the big celebration was held to celebrate the marriage. But unfortunately, on the night of the celebration, she met Dermot and oh. she fell in love with him. And they eloped. And Fionn McCool was furious and he tore after her with Nafina to try and hunt them down and they hunted them all over the length and breadth of the country. So you'll find all over the length and breadth of the country little places that are called the Bed of Dermot and Gronia, which are places where they were supposed to have spent the night before they tore off again to try and escape Fionn. 
And we discovered then that the source of the River Shure is located in a place called the bed of Dermot and Grania. So we have all of these little links going through it. But Tipperary itself is just such a source of beautiful legends and myths. And You're a mind of information too, <laughs> Mary. You really are. I've been really enjoying hearing these oh, stories. Oh, no, but I think anybody who, mm. who gets involved in it, you become very excited about it and you want to learn more and more about it. So there, there's just, it's such an exciting um, place to live for anyone who lives here and just such beautiful little stories and they still are relevant today. And we must mention too that also on the course you have reference to Munster Rugby the GAA and also Coolmore Absolutely. Mm. So we well we had to have Munster Rugby because obviously everybody is very involved with that. Um, Coolmore Stud is representative of a very uh, long tradition of horse breeding in Ireland. So it dates back, uh, it has been dated back to 2000 years BC. They found the bones of horses at Newgrange. But we discovered then on doing further research search that the Celts were preeminent in the skill in, in uh, rearing and breeding thoroughbred horses. And they actually, it was the Celts who created the horseshoe before the Romans ever created the horseshoe. And the Celts were very proficient at creating beautiful chariots that were very uh, light and easy to manoeuvre. So we believe that the, the current brilliance in Coolmore stud in, in breeding thoroughbreds can be traced all the way back to that initial skill in the Celts. And then our final hole is actually the one that's devote, devoted to the GAA. And the big link there is with hurling because hurling is a sport that is just millennia old. And it was actually a sport that was used to train the FINA. And one of the most famous hurlers is Satanta who subsequently became Coo Cullen, who as a young seven-year-old boy used his hurl, hurley, I'm not allowed to call it hurl because you don't call it hurling in Tipperary, <laughs> he used his hurley and slitter to kill a vicious guard dog that was going to attack him. And the guard dog belonged to a man named Coolan. And so to make amends for killing Coolan's guard dog, he agreed to be his minder. And that's how he became known as Coo Cullen, because he was the hound of Cullen. So interesting. So, yeah, and it's a fascinating it really story about Cuchulain because actually in 1966, at the, the 50th anniversary of the 1916 Rising, there was talk about creating a sculpture to, to commemorate the event. Mm. And De Valera at the time asked for the sculpture to be that of Cuchulain. And that's the sculpture that's still on the, um, display in the GPO. Brilliant. And he believed that that sculpture of Cuchulain was uh, an image of the bravery and commitment of the Irish uh, revolutionaries. That is fascinating. So, Out of the 12 holes on the course, do you have a favourite? Um, I think my personal favourite is the Rock Cashel because mm. the guys have done such an amazing job in recreating it. But it's very hard to pick an actual favourite because mm. every, every hole has a story and I absolutely love all the stories about, about the uh, different legends. Construction nearly finished? Yes, so we're just really at the stage of doing our snag list now and getting everything just mm. uh, fixed off. So what we've had to do, well, as Brian has done this, has gone around and played a couple of rounds just to see where the holes play mm. easily or hard. And we want to try and have a nice little mix mm. so that you can have some fun. Uh, you'll have one or two holes that might be relatively easy to play. 
and then some that are a bit tricky. Yeah, There's uphill cause. ones. Uphill ones, yeah, <laughs> ones that cause meltdown. But I think in deference to everybody, we're going to have to introduce a rule to say, you know, maximum of six or seven <laughs> hits of the ball before you're allowed to say, that's my score for that hole and we can move on. And you were saying at the 12th hole, which is the GAA hole, when the ball mm -hmm. goes in, that's it, it's gone. It disappears. We don't know where it goes. <laughs> it's absolutely magic. We think it might go under the fairy fort. When do you hope to open? So we're hoping that mm. it will be open in uh, three or four weeks. So we're expecting that people will be able to play from around October. What we're planning to do is have a major launch in the spring so that we'll, we'll uh, do a big razzmatazz opening. And we'd like to link it to a lot of the, the exhibitions that relate to the holes. So we're going to try and, and link in with them as well. And we're hoping we might have a major fun day where we might have a couple of little warriors dressed up that mm. people can talk to if it's possible. There's never been a record of Fiona Cool actually dying, so he may even turn up for the opening. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm, it absolutely. really would be something. Yes. If people want to get more details or keep up to date with the golf course, how can they do that? Yeah, so we'll, well, we'll be um, giving information on our own Sleeping on Golf Club Facebook page as mm. and when there are developments. We'll actually be setting up a new website to launch it. So we'll give the information about that as soon as that's up and running. Um, but if anyone wants information in the meantime, they can phone the golf club. The number is 052-613-2213. And if they want to ring in, the girls will be delighted to chat to them, tell them what's going on. Okay, Mary Hand, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Mark. The Clomel Podcast, bite-sized. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions, your town, your podcast.